Hey, welcome to episode two of the Good Buddy Sports Bar. Actually, episode 1B. We tried this the first time, did not quite work. So, taking some of the learnings and we're going to roll with it. Um, you got Skinny Bert and Big Al, or Uncle Al, as my little guy likes to call him. What's going on? Not much. Just trying to wrap my head around everything that's going on in the NBA. Yeah, it was quite the weekend when it came to free agency. Um, we'll save the Dame saga for when Jordan hops on here in a bit, as well as the golf talk for him. But I think you and I have been chatting about this for the better part of a few days about some messy rosters, as I'll call them. Um, looking at some teams that got salary caps that are all dumped on one position or... Um, just top heavy um, when it comes to what they got available. Um, I'll start off with what I'm seeing right now. Um, some of the messiest rosters in the, in the league, Raptors, very wing heavy. Um, they got three or four guys filling the same position um, and really have nothing outside of that. Um, Minnesota, 45% of their overall salary cap is just at the power forward position. You got uh, Carl Anthony Towns, you got Rudy Gilbert, and then they just signed one more piece blanking on it, but they got three guys that are tied up with 45% of their salary cap. Chicago, the greatest two-point shooting team in the league. Um, I sent you over this stat this weekend, but if you look at the discrepancy between the Warriors, who are in first place, and Chicago, who's in last place, they're losing an average of 25 points a game um, for opportunities, which is a crazy amount of points that you're giving up just by not shooting as many threes as the rest of the league. But um, I know you got a take um, for this and roll out what you're thinking about that Raptors squad. I think that Raptors squad is fucked. Pardon my French. But even well, like Canadian team, so it's yeah, I'm allowed okay. to. Um, yeah, I mean they they don't have they just signed Schroeder, which is great, but they lost Fred and they lost Banton. They don't really have any guards aside from you know Gary Trent, and that's it. And Schroeder and Malachi Flynn, who I'm not you know. I'm not fully sold on, but the crazy thing with the Raps is they have they only have one player making over twenty million a year, and that's Siakam. Which gives, and that's why we were talking about it last week, and the take may never find the light of day, but. We were talking about their flexibility and why they shouldn't be giving Fred that contract. And now I think it makes even more sense where they do have some pieces that they can move around at that small forward power forward position. Um, and it's great that they don't have that much tied up, but like to have all those guys at the small forward position and nothing else to show, it's going to be tough to march that team out and expect anything other than a 500 team. Well, the problem, yeah, I agree. And the problem with that is like OG, OG, Schroeder, Boucher, Barnes and Jalen McDaniels, who they just signed, all of their that's five guys, all their contracts are up in 2025. Gary Trent, Thad Young, Otto Porter, 
Precious, Malachi Flynn, there that's five guys whose contracts are up in 2024. So not only do they have this like compressed lineup that is all two, three, four, or two, three slash four positions, they're also sitting there with 10 guys whose contracts are up in the next two years. And judging by what these guys are making, are they going to be able to afford to keep half of them? Yeah, you're going to have to give Siakam the max deal. Just looking at oh, I didn't what even he's include done Siakam, over. and he's done 2024 as well. He is. So, that's so another one. And that's why I think they're looking at extending his deal this year to get that on the books this year, and um, and maybe a sign and trade with him. And I think this rolls into the other conversation that we're going to have is that Dame situation. Um, Maybe putting him out there as some trade bait. But yeah, like I don't know if they're trying to just run some of these guys off the books and then start fresh next year. It doesn't seem to be the mentality that the Raptors have um, historically. So looking at this and looking at who's available is there any guys that you see that can plug some of their holes? That sounded dirty. Yeah. It, it, I don't know because it's they need a they need a starting stud point guard, you know. Schroeder can plug the hole for a little while. And I love the fact that he's a long, lanky, athletic guard who can defend. But they don't have a killer. I think we talked about it last week. Like Siakam is their only killer. Scotty's not there yet. You know, OG wants to be more involved offensively, but I'm not sold. And they just they're missing that they're missing the best player on the floor. You know, like and you watch NBA games and it sounds super simple, but the team with the best player on the floor tends to win. And you saw it in the NBA playoffs. You see it all the time. You saw it when the Raps won. They had Kawhi, who was the best player on the floor every time he was on the floor, and they won. And, you know, you've got Thad Young, Otto Porter, both expiring contracts next year, and Precious. If you could somehow bundle those three expiring contracts at, what is that, 14, say 20 million bucks into a trade and get back one or two solid players that you're actually going to play a bunch, then I could see the Raps positioning themselves. But OG's not happy. He wants a bigger a bigger piece of the pie offensively. Now, Gary Trent's going to get his. And, but And like looking at what OG, I think from what his ceiling is, A, I wouldn't want to be giving him any more than what he's currently making. Like that right now he's making 18 and a half next year, almost 20. Like, I, do you want to tie up any more cap space in that guy? I know he's given you 19 ish points a game last year, but I think that's his ceiling. Like this may be as good as it gets. Um, and to your point, Gary, Trent, I think Gary can grab a little bit more of the pie. 
Scotty's really got to step up this year. It's this is really a piss or get off the pot sort of year for Scotty when it comes to his future with the franchise, as well as whether or not he's going to get paid at the end of the I guess it's the twenty sixth season. Um, so really, he's got to take that step forward and coming into year three for him. I think um, OG. Sorry to interrupt, but I think OG is going to end up getting paid. $35 million a year in his next contract. Someone is going to pay him because they want a six foot nine freak defender who can hit the open three, potentially blossom into something else. It. I'm at the point where I kind of agree with them where it's like the Raps need to figure out what to do with him. And, and that very well could be trading him. And I would rather trade OG than Siakam, if I'm the Raptors. Yeah. I think you got more runway with Siakam. And, like, if you can free him up a little bit, he could be that um, butler sort of guy. Never going to be a great three-point shooter, but has his one or two go-to moves, can get anywhere on the floor, extremely athletic on the defensive end. And if he's zoned in on what he needs to do defensively and bought in, I think they could go a long ways. Whereas OG, like we were just talking about, like he kind of plateaus. He's not a playmaker. He's a three and D guy. And that's kind of what he does. Yeah. I mean, if you told me to pick for the coming year and we had to pick one of the two, I'd take Siakam 100 times out of 100. I'm looking at it like, okay, the Raps need to do something, right? And they need to fill a couple gaps. <laughs> I don't think they need to fill anything in the three, four, or five spots. I think they're they've got that covered. They re-upped Pirtle. They've got Coloco behind Pirtle, which is a fine backup potential, and you know a high ceiling backup. They need to take some of that wing and the wing strength and turn it into, you know, whether it's a one or a two. Like maybe they need an. Uh, like a CJ McCollum who just solely fills it up, right? Like a CJ McCollum would be amazing. Well, you also bring up a good point where at that two, three, four position, they have zero three point shooting. So they got to fill that void too. Yeah, well, they did. They, like, filled, it, they tr- filled it with some dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good filler. Thank you. But I, I, <laughs> I just don't like is he's not going to pay off next year obviously and I don't think the raps are in it to win next year necessarily so it's not a must right at this point so you could probably develop dick a little bit um but like I I still think you need somebody else out there that's going to be able to stretch the floor again I think it's just too congested right now and they got to open it up a little bit for Siakam moving forward Yeah like they potentially need like a Robert Covington, like a three and D can play the two if you need him to, or just the, the new version of Jason Capono or, or JJ Reddick. And I think that's probably why they drafted Grady Dick is like, he's a big athletic three point shooter and they know they need that. But they they need that like now, not in two three years when when he blossoms into that position. 
Yeah, and it's too bad because like Joe Harris goes to the Pistons. Right. And you look at that sign and trade that they had there, like that could have almost been their opportunity to grab somebody. Agreed. And they kind of sat on the sidelines. And I think to your point and the point that I was making earlier, they may not be in a hurry to be um, competing for a chip right away, which the roster states that. But um, still, well, maybe they grabbing a guy after, like Joe Harris. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, maybe they go after Brogdon. Like, it's funny. I had him up here on the list, and I'm looking at him from a three-point shooting perspective, and he did stand out to me as being an opportunity um, because Boston's got to thin out their salary cap a little bit. Like they're either close to or going over their salary cap and right. they just have too many guys right now. And th- I think that's the other problem too. They're almost so deep. Um, it was tough to share minutes with everybody come playoff time. It's good to have that rotation locked in. Yeah. And I love that the Raps signed Jalen McDaniels. I think that was a great signing. You're like five mil a year. I think he'll fit in well, like small forward. But it, I, I keep coming back. To, like Schroeder can run the point, and Scotty can, and, and even OG can can take some of that pressure off, bringing the ball up and getting the offense initiated. They just need like a Seth Curry or like a, a elite three point shooter. And they have the pieces to trade for it, but they need to go get someone that can just knock it down. Because Fred leaving, not only did he run the point and like bring the ball up in that, but he could also shoot it. And, and you're not going to yeah. get that from like a Malachi Flynn. And you know they signed Joe Weiskamp. That's great. He can. Shoot. He's not elite though. Like he's not playing thirty minutes a game being your shooter. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that Brogdon one could be something to keep our eye on moving forward here in the season. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to look at like I, I just Seth thought Curry, I just thought of yeah. something else. Like over the last let's say three ish years, as they've been building this, you know, wing power four three four stable of studs. They've always had like these three-point shooters on ten-day contracts, or you know, signed for the remainder of the season. Like they've had Wieskamp was on ten-day contracts last year. The year before, I think they had Thomas. What's I can't remember his first name, but he's just like a a knockdown three-point shooter. But they don't have that like. I don't want to use Bradley Beal as the example, but like the Bradley Beal, that's going to get you 25 a game if you need him to as a pure shooter, like the Ray Allen. There's only one Jesus. I know, but Jesus, you know what I mean? Like they don't have that, that guy and that's absolutely what they need. And maybe the NBA is going away from that. Or maybe they think that, you know, Scotty or, or OG can turn into that, but, for the time being, we're stuck with, you know, a, a little bit of dick, a little dick, a, a little bit of Schroeder and a team loaded with threes. Right. And, and, I, and don't get me wrong. I love the fact that they can march out a lineup that ranges from six, five to like six, 10, and they can all guard all five positions. 
Yeah. Like, I think that's awesome. But at some point, you need someone to start knocking down threes when it's needed. Yeah. And and the discrepancy between the teams that are and aren't doing it, like, it's so top heavy. All the teams that have the best three-point shooters or that are shooting the three in bulk are the ones that are succeeding. So you need to be doing that in order to be successful in this NBA. I don't think the NBA is moving away from it. Um, I do think that they have the right body type for today's NBA that Kawhi kind of created. But I just, they need somebody still to, a couple of guys to stretch the floor. Yeah, we need that dick in bulk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was going to say, George, what's your take on the whole Dame saga? Give us your... Give us your take. I mean, it's just kind of one of those deals where, um, you know, a star player in the NBA is unhappy and it doesn't seem like Portland's franchise organization is, is willing or able to go the direction that he wants to go in terms of giving up young talent for more veteran guys that can help them compete in, in the moment now, um, you know, towards the end of his career, they have a ton of young talent and they seem to be pretty good at drafting or at least getting lucky in the draft. And um, it seems like they want to go the other direction. So it just comes down to now, whether, you know, he's his group's putting out all this. He only wants to play for Miami. No other team should, you know, make an offer because he's not going to go there. He doesn't want to play for them, um, you know, to try and discourage the rest of the market from from making offers or at least making really good offers for him. It's kind of like a Kawhi situation. Um, it's funny you say that. We're just we're just chatting about that. And he goes to Toronto, brings that team of ragtags along with him, and he ends up winning the championship. And I was kind of saying, like, it almost seems like this is his best case landing spot. But I'm going to throw this out there. Let's say a Boston-Toronto Philly offers up their key piece, whether it be Jalen, Harden, or Siakam for Dame. He gets sent over to one of those spots. Do you think he's going to sit there and not play? Or like just not go? See, that's my I, question. I don't think so. I I think it's all just it's just trying to manipulate the market and the situation to force his way to the team he wants to go to. Yeah. If, you know, a deal does get done with another team that he didn't have on his list, um I, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if Dame like held out or said he would never play for for that team, especially if it was a contending team that could, um, you know, compete for a title. Especially by adding him. Mm-hmm. Now, like those three names that you said, um, if if I'm Portland, I I don't want to get back Harden or or Pascal Siakam, guys that are like, you know in their primes, but maybe the end of their primes, like similar to Dame um, age-wise and put them into the young group. Like you want to get back young talent and picks to just continue building. 
And maybe you have to take on those contracts and can flip them. That's why I feel like it has to be like a three or four team trade where there's some guys with prospects and picks that are willing to give up that to take on some some bigger contracts and and more assets um, to get a deal done that makes sense. And then, you know, maybe Miami is involved in that case, but they don't seem to have the best package not a ton. It doesn't seem like the NBA is super high on on Tyler Hero, especially with the contract he's on. It's because his um, freaking bucket hats are stupid looking. <laughs> I don't think that's um, I definitely don't think that's helping. His it. image really hampered. Uh, no, but Jordan, sorry to interrupt for a sec, but I, I'm with you on this same. Uh, I think I give Dame a shitload of credit. I think he's saying I want to go to Miami, but he hasn't done anything his entire career to make me think he's going to throw a fit if he goes somewhere else. Like, he's just like a consummate pro. He's going to go. He's going to do Dame things. He's going to play hard. He's going to bust his ass. But I get the full, like, you know, I want to go to Miami because that's where I want to go, you know, that side of it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It, it like if a team like you know Toronto made a deal like they did for Kawhi and brought them in and took you know rolled the dice on him for two years and winning a potentially winning a championship, I think he shows up and he competes and he plays every day. But then again, he could he could walk away, and if you don't win that title like Toronto did, then you're you're left wondering if it was the right call. So it, it's it's a tricky situation. I I don't know if it happens soon. I feel like they could just let it play out throughout the summer until they get a package that they're happy with. Yeah. I did see one trade on Twitter the other day that had, I think it was Miami, Portland, and then Washington was picking up Hero as well as somebody else. And Portland was getting like, nine first or second round picks, a bunch of expiring contracts, and then Dame was going to Miami. And I think to your point, that's kind of the only way that it can happen is if they can pick up that many picks um, through this trade. Say that again. Oh, it was just, it was a three-way deal um, that somebody put together where it was, I believe, Washington, Miami, and Portland were the trade partners. Hero was going to Washington, and then Miami was sending over something like nine first or second round picks with three of them being protected to make it happen. Yeah, see, like that's the sort of trade that I think is going to end up happening. Team like Washington or Houston or San Antonio or something like that that will will take Hero um, and what other other contract like Kyle Lowry or something or Nurkic and in or in take some picks to get Dame to Miami. And then it's just, what does Portland get back? Yeah. I think they just get a bunch of picks and some expiring contracts. Would you trade Scotty for, for Dame? 
just yeah. entirely based on I don't think yeah I mean that's a would I short-term gain for I don't exactly and we were just talking about this the raps aren't set up now to be able to take Dame like they aren't the team they aren't his destination but they're one of the teams that may have a piece that would move a Portland to want to do something well I, they're one of the few yeah, I think I'd give up OG for them. yeah I would too. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody would. I, I just, I wonder if you got Dame back, you're essentially replacing Freddie with Dame. Upgrade. Is that team, a, you know, a title contender? No. Doesn't make them a title contender. Uh, I don't. Yeah. It's too late now. I don't, I don't think they have the contracts without having Pascal in the deal. Yeah. And then if you get Dame back and you're giving up Pascal, you're not ready to compete for a title, in my opinion, yeah. with like Dame, Scotty, and OG. Yeah, I see, I see Boston as being a more likely outside of Miami landing spot for him as things currently stand. Like Boston sends back a Jalen Brown... So, yeah, he's not the youngest guy, but he's still got a lot of meat left on the bone. He can help he's young, that man. team. He's 26. So, yeah, he's he is still yeah. pretty young. But, I mean, um, if I'm Portland, that's, that's like, yeah. ideal. Yeah. And um, I think that's probably the trade outside of Miami and getting a bunch of trade or a bunch of draft picks in that trade. Those are kind of the two landing spots. As I see the landscape today, it playing out. Those are kind of the only two options. I could see it still with Philly, although they're saying they won't give up Maxi, and like Harden doesn't fit in Portland, so you'd have to find a landing spot for him. And then, yeah, yeah. And again, I have a simple mind, so like a two-team deal is as far as I can go uh, before my pea brain explodes. So, yeah, there's going to need some more finagling to get that deal done. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to talk about it without like seeing it on paper. Yeah, and having a cha- uh, trade generator going at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you do that, like, you know, to try and work that Dame to Boston. Let's just assume it's Dame for Jalen Brown and whatever Shabib lets go either direction like at what point do you need to get rid of Nurkic then and get some young big men in there well Nurkic is just like a contract that right. everybody wants that's the, the way that I'm seeing that is like if if Miami takes if Miami gets a deal done then they have to take the Nurkic contract with them as like a penalty for not having enough to to trade with them it's like all right, you take our like because it's almost like with that contract, you might have to give back, you might have to give up a first round pick in order to trade Nurkic's right. contract. And then, like, if Boston is willing to move Jalen Brown, it's kind of weird that they haven't signed him yet, right? But if uh, if I'm Boston, like, who do you think's more valuable right now, Jalen Brown or Dame? To the success, Brown is. Do they get traded? Like, I just mean, like, in the NBA, like, who's who's the more 
valuable asset. Dame. Dame is... Or Dame at 33 or whatever he is? Again, we got to take it in context. Well, yeah. I would say so, too. Coming off the finals or the Eastern Conference finals, I guess, maybe not so much. He, the problem that I have is Jalen's never going to be the guy, and he doesn't need to be. But he demands the that sort of money because of his scoring output. He's made um, All Star team, so he's getting that sort of money. Um, yeah, I just I think right now it's Dame, um, just because of what he's done. Yeah, I mean, I I think Dame's definitely the clearly the better player right now in the moment. But, um, you know, Jalen Brown at 26, it's it's a good conversation, at least. Absolutely. And um, it'd be interesting to see how, if that was a deal, how it played out. Like, does, does Portland have to attach something to the deal to make Boston willing to, to do it? I don't know. I think it's very much a if you're looking at a Jalen Brown Dame trade, it's Dame is the better asset in the next year or two. But if you're looking from a Portland standpoint, when you have all those young studs, like you put a Jalen Brown on that team too, then you have you know four, five, six years of runway with all those young guys. Yeah, and then exactly. just yeah, it's kind of Boston West going there. And the crazy part to talk about when it comes to Jalen Brown is if you talk about him taking that next step, it's into being a superstar and having two superstars that came up together on the same team that got drafted by that team. Very rare. Like we're talking Oklahoma City back in the day, um, being able to pull those three guys together. Um but very rarely do you see that coming out of one franchise. It goes back to the Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady days. Yeah. Well, like Westbrook, Harden, and um, mm-hmm. Katie. The Good drafting. Three. It's, oh, yeah. it's so important. A lot oh, yeah. of it's luck, but. Yeah, you gotta have the right right spot in the right year. We were just talking about Canada's number one pick, Anthony Bennett. Yeah. You wanna well, talk and, about good luck? Jesus. And there's definitely guys that are really good at identifying talent around yeah. the league. And even if it's not identifying like a superstar, but identifying like a low floor guy. So you're not having a bust like Anthony Bennett. Like, um, but yeah, I, I mean, if you want to talk about some of these young teams in the league right now and how they're building, to me, OKC is like... Perfect. Be, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Like when you contrast like OKC and then like Houston, for example, I understand both sides of, of the argument with like Houston, they bring in a, a, you know, a proven coach. They want to start being competitive. Now they feel like they've got to pay 
some veteran players to help change the culture. And, you know, they're below the cap, so they feel the need to spend a lot of money. And then they end up paying Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks a combined $63 million a year. And it's like, to me, that's just just crazy. And And you look at OKC, they have their one max guy in SGA. And then they continue to just take bad contracts on in exchange for picks, even though they probably have the most picks and first rounders, second rounders, everything in the league. Like they just did it with Oladipo, who's hurt. They take him for a pick. They pay his salary, helps them get up to the floor and um, just continue to add assets. And then at some point they're going to, I assume, make a big swing and try and add another star to this young group. And the only thing that is concerning, I guess, is if some of these guys become so good that they can't keep them all and they have to make some tough decisions, especially with the new CBA and how the luxury tax is going to change and paying three guys max deals becomes a, a little more challenging. Yeah, and a lot of these guys on that team on OKC are like they got them locked up only until 24, 25. So they they got some decisions to be making to your point, but uh yeah. Yeah. Houston with that Dylan Brooks signing just blew my mind. I don't know what they were thinking there. Like I thought Dylan Brooks maybe to a contender, but I don't think Houston was play. I didn't. I'm get with that you. One. It's 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 to me they're horrible contracts, and like I don't think ever when the the reason for pay, overpaying guys is we had the money to spend, we had to spend it, or <laughs> we needed to change the culture. You know, like those things never end up working out well, in my opinion. Like you have to pay guys based on how good they are and, you know, the value you give them. And I guess they give Fred and Dylan a lot of value in terms of making them more competitive in the short term and changing their culture around. We'll see. How much of of Freddie's success do you think was the environment on the Raptors and how much was actual skill? Like he was surrounded by a cast of guys who alleviated some of the stresses from him. Yeah. So like, can he be the man on another team? Right. Um, I, I, yeah, I think that's part of it. I also think he was on just a straight up, not good team. So his stats looked a lot better. He, He's probably going to be like a Kevin Love guy um, if he ever went to a great team again, um, turns into a role player. But I just, yeah, I don't know. Jordan? Yeah, I I think like, I think he's really good. And I, I think he's turned himself into a really good player. Um, I think part of that definitely had to do with the opportunity and the makeup of the Raptors and their need for a ball handler, a point guard, and a shooter. It, you know, 
His stats did start the rest to. Of it, yeah. His stats started to decline last year when teams were keying on him, as well as when his workload became a lot bigger than it was the previous yeah. seasons. And I think so, that starts to rear its ugly head. He was, in essence, I think he was trying to do too much last season, hurt him and his stats um, a little bit when it came to efficiency. To me, the biggest, the biggest thing that I've noticed with his game over the last few years is he used to be like lights out defensively. Like he, he was such a pest. He would guard the best guard on the other team. He would pick them up like 94 feet. A lot of the time he would be, you know, impossible to like penetrate against. And he would trail guys all around the court. um, Just making it super difficult on a, you know, a, a really good defensive team. He was, really good at that and I think like he's he's significantly fallen off in that respect um in the last two years and maybe it's because there was a lot more put on him offensively um and he just wasn't able to go that hard on the defensive end that kind of makes sense but to me if Fred's not playing defense like that he's just not a he's he's an average starter guard he's not like a max level player Mm -hmm. and um to me that that was the biggest difference and maybe the raps relied on him too much offensively and it didn't let him play in that role as well as you used to but um yeah and then and then you consider that and then just small guards in general like they take a they take a beating and it's tough to play a lot of years in the nba um when especially if you are you know one of those defensive tough guards that is scrappy and needs to rely on that a little bit to to perform it's tough to do that in the nba consistently over a long period of time and it seems like his body broke down a bit mm-hmm. um but hey he got a bag and i'm i'm happy for him yeah Any other comments before we move on to something else? Nope. All righty. You watching any uh, summer league? I was, I was going to ask about that. I was going to see if we wanted to get into it. Go ahead, Jordan. I got nothing to say. I haven't watched it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched a ton. I don't have a, a much to say, but I do enjoy it. Um, I like I'm looking forward young guys. to next week. Like I think it starts off on Friday yeah, from Vegas. Yeah. Starts, yeah. Then we'll see some of the studs but come out I, and play I too. I did catch some of the Warriors um, on the third, I think it was. And I actually like that guard they drafted from Santa Clara. Yeah. I think he's going to be good for them. I, I'm interested to see how Holmgren does. Oh, I did watch some of that game. He's dude. He's a freak. He's gonna be. He's gonna be really good. He's got some some really nasty footwork. Um, he's got some really good like up and under moves, and he's so long that he can like get to the rim in like one step. It's it's crazy, and he can shoot it a bit, and then he's he's a good rim protector. I think. I think he's gonna be. He's yeah, gonna be awesome. I think. I think Oklahoma. I don't know if he's the favorite. For the I think Oklahoma year. City might be my new yep. favorite team that isn't the Raptors. Just like 
Shea, Dort, Holmgren, Giddy. Like, watching those four play. I saw something the other day that Giddy. Giddy was the like leading rebounder or most rebounds per game or in in any given game of a season. It was all Giddy. It's like 17 rebounds here, 18 there, 16 here. The guy's like a six foot eight point yeah, guard. Yeah, he's a great rebounder yeah. for a guard. I know. Yeah, I mean that team's gonna be so much fun to watch. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do with all those draft picks, though. Eventually, yeah, they're going to exactly. have to package them or continue picking as well as they have. And it gets tougher as you move down. And with them probably being on the cusp of making the playoffs going forward, it's going to be tougher and tougher. I think I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, they were a playing team last year, right? Mm-hmm. And they played, who was it? Is it Minnesota or... The Lakers, they, they played them tough. Um, but yeah, you add you add Holmgren, and um, I like that guard from Kentucky they drafted. I think he's going to be good, especially if you look at like historic Kentucky guards. Um, so next week we'll chat some more summer league. We'll get into it. We'll have to. That will be our homework assignment. Watch some of the summer league for next week, so that we can have some takeaways coming out of it. And then maybe we'll have some transparency, some more clarity on this Dame saga. Well, that's another episode of the Good Buddy Sports Bar. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at the GBSB. If you want to follow myself, Skinny Burt, it's at Skinny Burt Two on Twitter. And on Instagram, you can follow the Good Buddy Sports Bar.